0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the BJ Psych Advances podcast. My name is Oliver Gell-Grant and today I'm joined by Dr. Mark A.B. Horowitz, who is a Clinical Research Fellow and Psychiatric Trainee at University College London and Northeast London Foundation Trust. We're here today to discuss his new paper published with Professor David Taylor in BJ Psych Advances called Distinguishing Relapse from Antidepressant Withdrawal, Clinical Practice and Antidepressant Discontinuation Studies. Mark, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Thanks, it's great to be here, Oliver. Thanks for inviting me.
0: So your paper is a very useful uh, submission actually that describes uh, this phenomenon of antidepressant withdrawal and uh, how that should be approached clinically. So give us a brief summary of what the paper's about.
1: So the the paper um, is talking about antidepressant withdrawal symptoms and in particular, how to distinguish them from relapse of an underlying condition like anxiety and depression. And we know this is both a a difficult problem and one that patients report that they feel is often misdiagnosed, that they um, turn up to psychiatrists or GPs with what they think are withdrawal symptoms and are often told that they're having a relapse of their underlying condition. And so I think it's an important topic to refresh clinicians on. Um, And in the paper, we go through... uh, What the symptoms of antidepressant withdrawal include, um, why they come about, uh, and what different characteristics clinicians can use to distinguish withdrawal from relapse. Um, And we also talk about the implications of misdiagnosing withdrawal as relapse for some of the studies that uh, demonstrate the relapse prevention properties of antidepressants
0: so there's a lot of um important information there and this is a topic that i feel personally and i think probably a lot of psychiatrists feel the same i feel like antidepressant withdrawal is something that's been more widely acknowledged in the past few years Um, but actually some of the studies you cite in this paper show that this has been something that we've been aware of for at least sort of 20 years or more now
1: right so I think that's a good point. Yes, there has certainly been a much wider recognition of withdrawal symptoms from antidepressants over the last few years. I think it's in part come from many patient groups um, uh, campaigning on the issue and and talking about the problems they're having coming off antidepressants and the feeling that clinicians uh, are not recognising this problem to the extent that they should. And, And you're right, withdrawal symptoms were first reported uh, just a few years after the antidepressants, the new generation of antidepressants, the uh, the SSRIs came onto the market in the late 1980s. So the first report of withdrawal effects um, actually came about in the early 1990s. So it has been known about for more than three decades now. Um, there was probably um, a, a downplaying of withdrawal symptoms by the manufacturers of these medications. So early on, um, the... the the, the drug companies um, put uh, forward this idea that antipresents don't cause withdrawal symptoms, they cause discontinuation symptoms, uh, a euphemism that they coined that sounds much less worrying than withdrawal symptoms. And they described discontinuation symptoms as uh, mild and brief, something that patients shouldn't be Uh, afraid of, that was probably a mischaracterization of of the symptoms, which we now know can be severe, uh, for some patients can be long lasting, as in for months or even years, and are relatively common. Um, And so there's been a a shift in recent years, going from using that phrase, really, that was coined by drug companies, discontinuation symptoms to using the more uh, pharmacologically and scientifically defined term withdrawal symptoms mm. and also recognizing they're more common than we had previously mm. thought and that, that it does present an issue for people stopping antidepressants.
0: Mm, absolutely. And and you're right, they are quite common. So in table one of your paper, you've got these sort of statistics about how common uh, withdrawal is. And obviously there's lots of different numbers from lots of different uh, studies and different drugs, but it sort of is between maybe a third and two thirds of people we're saying uh, would experience withdrawal if they suddenly stop their drug. Is that is that about a fair number?
1: That, that probably is a fair run. So a systematic review was done um, about three years ago. It was actually the first systematic review looking at withdrawal symptoms from antidepressants. And it found 14 different studies with, with using different methodologies, um, high quality and low quality, uh, that found that about 56% of people will experience with symptoms when they stop antidepressants. Um, That's been criticised, that review, because it involved surveys and observational studies, as well as double-blind, randomised, controlled trials. Mm. You go back to that review and just take the double-blind, randomised, controlled trials. So these are patients who are blinded to whether they're continuing or stopping their antidepressant, and so are the raters. Uh, If you look at just those six studies, you find that 54% of people who stop their antidepressants report withdrawal symptoms. And because those studies are quite high quality, it's quite um, uh, easy to to believe that's about the number, about half of patients experience withdrawal symptoms when they stop antidepressants. Mm. Another another, um, aspect is people say, well, isn't it a bit psychological? Isn't it people um, who expect bad things to happen if they stop their antidepressants? And so it's a placebo effect um, because people think they might get unwell, they do get unwell. And actually, some of those studies have looked at, those, at that issue, and they've done that in two different ways. One, by uh, stopping people who have been given placebo and then stopped and see, do they experience withdrawal symptoms? And number two, people who are on antidepressants, they've continued their antidepressants, whilst being told that they've stopped them and measured withdrawal symptoms in those groups. And in both those groups, you do get about 10% of patients saying they experience withdrawal symptoms. Mm-hmm. So there does seem to be some aspect of expectation, mm-hmm. I suppose like there is for almost any phenomenon human's mm-hmm. experience. That's not
0: so bad in uh, psychological research. If you say that the nocebo effect is 10%, that's pretty positive, right?
1: Right, well, I guess it depends what's positive or negative here, but- um, From a
0: scientific quality perspective, I mean. Uh,
1: right, right. It does mean that it seems to be a small proportion of patients who are experiencing placebo effects rather than the 40 to 50% that experience genuine withdrawal symptoms when they stop their antidepressants. And actually, you can see the curves diverge. The longer someone is on the medication, the more likely they are to report withdrawal symptoms, again, indicating uh, some kind of biological uh, dose response effect.
0: Yeah. And so I suppose the question for uh, in a psychiatrist's mind will be, if you see somebody in clinic who is coming in, they've stopped their drugs recently, they either, you know, you've, you've stopped them for them or they've stopped them with their own volition, uh, and they're saying they're feeling worse, they're reporting different symptoms. How can you decide uh, which it is? Is this withdrawal or is this a relapse? Is that an easy thing to distinguish?
1: Right. So, so this is, I guess, the key question. This is where... Um you know, these ideas mean clinical practice. I think the first thing to say is to take a step back and think for a moment, because when a patient turns up to uh, an appointment and they say they feel terrible, the first thing that I think is in clinicians' minds is they must have relapsed, because we're all so uh, aware and vigilant of relapse. I think now that we know that half of patients approximately uh, could experience withdrawal symptoms, that, that differential has to be high in our, in our minds. Um, and there are a few things that can help to distinguish withdrawal symptoms from relapse. Um, so probably the first thing to think about is the timing of, of symptoms. So withdrawal symptoms tend to come on soon after reducing or stopping the dose of an antidepressant. Um, in some medications like paroxetine that have a relatively short half-life, withdrawal symptoms can come on a few hours after missing a dose or or after a few days. So if symptoms come on relatively quickly, it's more likely to be a withdrawal effect. Mm -hmm. Although there's a couple of provisos uh, for that, which is, we know drugs like fluoxetine, which have an active metabolite, nor fluoxetine with a half-life of about a week or two, that withdrawal symptoms can be delayed by several weeks or a couple of months. Make it trickier to distinguish. And the last aspect, um, which unfortunately makes things more complicated, is uh, there are there are reports, and I've seen that too, of even drugs with short half-lives having a delayed onset of withdrawal effects, which we don't quite understand the physiology of, whether it's because there's some kind of buffering where the medication stays um, in the central nervous system for longer than it stays in the blood. Uh, or whether there is some uh, indirect effects that take a while to manifest. But for some of the cases I've seen, patients have turned up weeks or months later with quite clear withdrawal symptoms, electric shocks, uh, trouble sleeping, things they didn't have before starting the medication uh, that's, that's come on weeks or months afterwards. Um, but in general, when symptoms come on sooner, it's more likely to be withdrawal effects, whereas relapse tends to take weeks or months after stopping the medication. Mm. The the second, so that's the first aspect, is when do the symptoms come on? The second thing is the nature of the symptoms themselves. So Mm. we know that withdrawal symptoms can manifest. We know that they're they're, they're, uh, caused by physiological changes. The brain is used to a certain amount of medication. Now, when there's less on board, the difference between what the brain expects, so to speak, and what the brain is receiving is what causes withdrawal symptoms. Mm -hmm. And we know that this can manifest both in psychological symptoms and physical symptoms. So some of the psychological symptoms of stopping antidepressants can be uh, anxiety and depressed mood, uh, insomnia, uh, panic attacks, crying, etc. Some of the physical symptoms can be very varied. Uh, The most common symptom is is probably dizziness. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other symptoms include things like headache. Uh, There are gut symptoms because there are a lot of serotonergic receptors Mm -hmm. in the gut, Mm -hmm. vomiting, diarrhoea. There are some quite distinctive Mm -hmm. neurological symptoms, things like electric shock sensations, which is this uh, sensation I've had described to me where when either when you move your eyes or your head you get a a little feeling of a zap in your head some people describe Mm -hmm. it as their brain switching off for a second some people even describe it in their limbs Mm -hmm. so so i think the first thing to point to is uh if there are these very distinctive physical symptoms that you wouldn't see in anxiety and depression things Mm like Mm electric zaps and dizziness that is a very strong indicator that that this is a a withdrawal syndrome or withdrawal effects. Mm. But the other aspect of this is if you have a patient who went on medication because they were very lethargic uh, and very low in mood after a, a, a loss, and now a few days after reducing or stopping a medication they've been on for years, they say they're anxious, they can't sleep, they're having panic attacks, it's more likely that they've developed these quite common distinctive withdrawal symptoms that experience new onset of an anxiety disorder yeah. that just coincidentally happens to coincide with the moment they stop their medication.
0: Yeah. So I suppose that's an important point because obviously a lot of these psychological symptoms of withdrawal are actually uh, difficult to distinguish from something that could be part of anxiety and depression. So that's a good point that you have to take into account what you believe the patient's usual disease course is, if that's known. Uh, and then I suppose, as you say, the withdrawal symptoms you expect to almost be in the opposite direction.
1: Yes. Well, you, you. I mean, you, you you've point, you put your finger on it. There is a lot of overlap between withdrawal symptoms and and uh, an anxiety and depression, which is what makes it so difficult to distinguish. I think this is why it's such a a, a, um, a difficult clinical problem. Um, but I think yes, knowing what the baseline symptoms are for a, for a, a patient in in a typical relapse is a good point of comparison for what is going on now and if the symptoms are very different then there's a chance they could have developed a new mental health condition but it seems more likely that they're that they that they're experiencing withdrawal symptoms rather than having a, a second condition come on um, so
0: the next point i guess is that you someone's come to your clinic and you've seen them and you feel that they've got Withdrawal from an antidepressant. What is the best way to manage these patients? So, what, what would I do if I'd seen someone? Maybe they stopped their antidepressants a week ago. They've got headaches. I'm really convinced that it's withdrawal. What should I do?
1: Right. So, again, that's the so that's the next step. So, in general, if people come in a few days after stopping the antidepressant and they're having and they're feeling unwell enough to have made an appointment to see you, um, been referred to you then in general, the best thing to do is to restart the antidepressant. So in general, if people come in in a few days, uh, restarting will resolve their withdrawal symptoms if they come in
0: or uh, or at a starting dose.
1: So again, it depends on what they've been doing. It's a little bit individual. If they've been coming down slowly and they've now gone a bit faster, I would just go back to the last dose, which they were stable. They've stopped from their original dose. You know, in one go, abruptly, I would go back to the original dose. And then you know, if you're sure it's withdrawal symptoms, the second thing to say to them is, well, we've gone back to this dose, either a slightly higher dose or original dose, in order to resolve the withdrawal symptoms. That doesn't mean that you need to be on medication for the rest of your life or for a long period of time. We're just managing the withdrawal symptoms. And we know that coming off more gradually, that is making smaller reductions over a longer period of time, is likely to cause you less withdrawal symptoms. And so you may still be able to come off the medication. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I would do. After they have stabilized and things are back to normal, if they you know, feel confident enough to do it, I would then recommend we now come down mm-hmm. much more slowly than they've gone before.
0: So that's, the, um, I guess, the final part of the clinical advice in this paper is what can we do to actually prevent this withdrawal occurring in the first place? And what do you think is the key gradual tapering or are there other things we should be thinking about?
1: Well, so the, I think there's a few things at every stage of the kind of prescribing trajectory. Uh, the Royal College of Psychiatrists put out a position paper on antidepressants and withdrawal a few years back where they said, number one, that when people are considering starting an antidepressant, they should be told then of the uh, risk of severe and long lasting withdrawal symptoms when they come to stop the antidepressant. So people should be forewarned, so they can make an informed decision about starting. Uh, It's also good to talk about stopping when you start. So what is the general plan? How, How long will someone be on a medication for? What will be the indicators to stop it or to continue it? And then exactly as you said, when it does come time to stop it, in general, it's better to taper these drugs gradually rather than very quickly. There are several indicators that that will cause less severe withdrawal symptoms and allow more people to come off their medication than if that's done quickly.
0: And what about um, different classes of drugs? So you touched on the paper a little bit about this idea that different drugs may be more and less likely to cause withdrawal symptoms. Would you say that this should be in the mind of a psychiatrist? If you know you have a free choice of any antidepressant to start, is there some that we should try and uh, consider are more likely to cause withdrawal?
1: Yes. So I think the first thing to say is almost every antidepressant used can cause withdrawal effects. Um, I think maybe the only one that doesn't seem to have much um, evidence of causing withdrawal effects is agomelatine. Uh, that I'm not sure it's been studied in great detail, but I didn't come across evidence of that causing withdrawal. Every other antidepressant does cause withdrawal effects. Sometimes people think that, for example, fluoxetine is is safe, but there are lots of people who report withdrawal effects from fluoxetine. Um, some of the studies don't show that because they follow up patients for very short periods after stopping fluoxetine; they miss these delayed withdrawal effects. Um, but it, it may be true to say that the with, withdrawal effects from fluoxetine are less likely than for some other medications. The drugs that clearly have a, an increased risk of causing withdrawal effects are uh, the SNRIs, so venlafaxine and duloxetine, and the SSRI peroxetine. And people think that's possibly because they have short half-lives or because they have multiple receptor targets, the noradrenergic targets for the SRIs and because there's anticholinergic properties in, the, in, in paroxetine. Mm-hmm. Um, so perhaps those drugs are ones to steer away from because they are much more likely to cause withdrawal of symptoms in patients coming off them.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose it's uh, something that is obviously relevant for psychiatrists, but actually you know, antidepressants are very, very commonly prescribed. Most antidepressant prescriptions probably are not started by psychiatrists, are they? So I think it is really important that this is thought about um, by actually a, a huge range of professionals.
1: Absolutely, so I think you're right. 85 to 90% of antidepressants are prescribed in primary care. You know, that that uh, job was uh, given to, to them because there's such a wide variety of people now prescribed antidepressants. And so I think it is useful um, for GPs to be educated on this topic as well. And I, and I think one of the roles of psychiatrists who uh, interact with primary care is to pass on these messages to GPs who um, are, also, are generally poorly informed about withdrawal effects. You know, they, they again also have relapse uh, first and foremost in their mind. And many, many patients report that, that GPs uh, misdiagnose withdrawal symptoms as, as relapse. And so it's important for them to to understand the risk of withdrawal. Mm.
0: Well, Mark, it's an extremely important topic that I'm sure has got uh, a lot of complexity to it, but we will have to finish the podcast there for today. So thank you so much. That was Dr. Mark A. B. horowitz We've been discussing his new paper, Distinguishing Relapse from Antidepressant Withdrawal, Clinical Practice and Antidepressant Discontinuation Studies, published with Professor David Taylor in BJ Psych Advances. Mark, thank you so much. Thanks for
1: having me, Oliver.
0: Thank you for listening to this BJ Psych Advances podcast. For the latest updates, follow us on Twitter at the BJ Psych. To listen to more podcasts from the BJ Psych Journal portfolio, visit us on SoundCloud or search for us online.